Hey, Raymond, you get enough beer for Ben, too. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! God Bless America is a dark comedy film released in 2011 and directed by Bobcat Goldwing. God Bless America tells the story of Frank, a terminally ill man who befriends a teenage girl as they go on a killing spree to rid of people responsible for everyday U.S. culture. The movie is available on Tubi. Please consider watching the film before joining us for the discussion portion of the show. Spoiler alerts are ahead. Frank Murdoch is a man fed up with modern-day U.S. culture. Frank goes to a doctor after complaining of migraine headaches and is told that he has a brain tumor. While at home watching TV, Frank stumbles across a show called American Superstars, which shows a mentally disabled man named Stephen Clark being shamed by the judges of the show. Fed up with life, Frank decides to shoot himself. However, he is distracted by a reality show that features a spoiled girl named Chloe. Instead of ending his life, Frank decides to go to Chloe's school to kill her. He is successful at doing so as he grabs the attention of Roxy, a girl from the same school who hated Chloe. Roxy follows Frank to his motel just as he is about to shoot himself and convinces him to kill Chloe's parents next. They are successful as that as well, which then Roxy convinces Frank to let her join him on the killing spree as she reveals to him that her parents are bad people. The killing spree continues as he slain more lives. While watching TV in his motel, Frank sees that Stephen Clark attempted suicide, most likely from the shame American superstars gave him. Frank gets a call from his doctor and tells him that his tumor diagnosis was incorrect, telling him that the tumor belonged to a man named Frank with a similar last name. The good news is short-lived, as Frank watches the news and sees that a missing report for Roxy has been filed by her parents, revealing that Roxy lied about her parents being bad people. Angered by this, Frank leaves Roxy and purchases an AK-47 and sets his sights on his new kill target, the American Superstar Studio. Inside the studio, Stephen Clark is performing. Frank enters and holds the entire studio hostage, killing many audience members. The police arrive, but Roxy joins him and apologizes for lying to him. Realizing that the cameras are rolling, Frank tells the viewers how sickened he is of American society, adding that it was the probable cause of Stephen's suicide attempt for mocking him. Stephen interrupts Frank's speech, revealing to him that he didn't commit suicide because of the shame, but because American superstars did not want to put him back on TV. The film ends with Frank and Roxy teaming up and shooting Stephen, and the rest of the audience members before being gunned down by the police. You know, brother, when uh, this podcast came to be, if I had told you that we were going to be doing a Joel Murray review before his more famous brother Bill Murray review, I probably, you'd probably think I'm a lying sack of shit. Yeah, I could see that. Yet here we are. Mm. Joel Murray, God bless America. So let's get right into it, man. Let's welcome everybody to episode number 17 of Beer in a Movie with the We Side Boys. We're your host, fantastic as always. I'm Tiki the Dominator. And I'm Danny. God bless America, brother. This movie was a recommendation. Um, We could have waited till... Fourth of July, 
Yeah, that <laughs> would have been a good idea. Because Merca, you know? Yeah. But uh, it was a good recommendation, so I, fi- I figured, like, let's just get this one. Let's do it, because I enjoyed this. <laughs> okay, okay. I know you're going to say some things about it. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see how it progresses. Yeah. And like always, we're going to dive into the plot, get into the characters, all that good shit. But I'm one thirsty motherfucker. So, brother, let them know what we got tonight. Tonight, we are drinking the classic American Pabst Blue Ribbon. Fucking right. And in a tall boy. Yes. Only ounces is the only way to drink it. Yes. Dude, but dude, have you ever seen those? Like, it might be fake. I don't know. I don't know how people like uh, edit these photos nowadays. But uh-huh. there's there's like a 100 case of PBR. Have you seen those, or is that fake? No, I think that's real, right? Because I know what you're talking about. I remember seeing it maybe almost 10 years ago. Uh huh. They had all these like ridiculous high count case numbers. I think it's like more in the Midwest. Uh huh. It's like uh, for tailgating. I think they have like a 96 pack, right? Or something dumb. Uh, yeah. I, I believe it's real. Um, Holy shit. Dude, yes. you and I, maybe two other homies, I think <laughs> we can dominate that motherfucker in a day. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, at least in my pride. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Mm. But yeah, let's let's get a swig right here, brother. I mean, I've had this many times. But yeah, me too. For the Cheers. sake of this uh, podcast, a swig for the good man. Let's do this shit, brother. Mm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. I we're gonna rank this in a little bit, but first we're gonna give that shout out. And story time with Tiki. Everybody's favorite segment. Yep. At least I hope it is. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Means a lot. Uh-huh. So shout out of the week goes to the good brother, all the way from the Lone Star State in Texas. My good brother Rolando Rodriguez. Rolando, cheers, brother. Now you're listening to this. I'm going to take a swig right here. I know that when you're listening to this and you've been listening to all the other podcasts, you've got a nice beer in your hand. So thank you for, one, recommending this movie. He recommended God Bless America, brother. And uh, and he's been listening since the beginning. So very much appreciated, brother. And I'm going to go out of my way and um, I'm going to give a shout out as well to the, to the Aguilar family. Um, they're very dear friends of mine. They're all together in one uh i love you all you already know that i don't gotta say it i do my best to kind of uh pop in every now and then and and visit the family every once in a while kind of bug them a little bit so much love to all of you it also where my crocs at homie (laughs) i gotta get a swig into that one cheers to all of you Uh aha and here here's a story so here we go brother uh, like I mentioned, the good brother right here, he's from uh, he's from Texas. Mm-hmm. Good old so, Texas. Yep. So whenever he's uh, he's in town, we always get together, drink some beers, you know, just kick back, talk about how life is going on. But whenever we kick it, we always talk about things such as King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. You see, remember that cartoon, dude, King of yeah. the Hill? Yeah, my dad liked it because he's from Texas, too. <laughs> did, did, oh, <laughs> yeah. Did you ever like it, dude? Yeah, I, I liked it. I think it was a very, like, underappreciated cartoon. It was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I could still, still to this day, I'll, if I see it on TV, I'll check it out, man. Yeah. I even, uh, I even like, uh, you know, Hank Hill and the old Beavis and Butthead episodes. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like, uh, actually, dude, recently I saw King of the Hill. 
I watched the episode where Hank doesn't have an ass. Mm. <laughs> Do you remember that one? And Vaguely, so he, yeah. So he can't sit down. Uh-huh. So he they take him to the doctor and he has to be laying on his stomach <laughs> on the truck. Uh, that shit was fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we talk about King of the Hill. Obviously, we talk about movies. So any anybody that can do quotes from like Wayne's World or Heavyweights, Dumb and Dumber is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. So the good brother and I were doing that. And here's here's one thing. I hope it doesn't embarrass him too much. Is uh, for any old school wrestling fans out there, man. Fucking, uh, I remember because we would talk about wrestling, old school wrestling. He's a big uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin fan because he's from Texas. He drinks beer. He whoops ass just like the good brother does. Mm-hmm. Right? But this one time, we were talking about old school wrestling and there's this fucking tag team Back in the day, called the Heavenly Bodies, <laughs> the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard, the Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. and this motherfucker, dude, the Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey, he has a shit physique. Mm. The irony in that they're called the Heavenly Bodies, you know. <laughs> and dude, he, I, as a kid, I fucking hated this guy, dude. He had a mullet, he had a gap in his tooth, and he, and with a shit physique, he would do this fucking gyrating fucking hip swivel dance. I'll show you like afterwards, bro. All right, all right. But one time we were we got drunk and. I, I asked him if he remembered the heavenly bodies, dude, and we were doing the fucking hip swivel gyrating, man. So Right on. So, Rolando, hope you're not too embarrassed from that story, brother, but I know it's a good one. So, mm. cheers to you, brother. I love you. Much love to you and the family. You're a beautiful family of five. Cheers, brother. And cue the hammer chimes for fucking the heavenly bodies, man. Cheers, man. Cheers right here. Cheers. Yes. So, let's rank this beer, brother. Okay. I'm a big fan of this beer. I'm going to say that right now. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Let me go first, yeah? Yes. I love this beer. Straight up. Five out of five stars, man. I Ooh. fucking love this. And yeah, I gave a five out of five to Budweiser. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, th- these are the type of beers I fucking dig. And what I, I like about it, it's like the taste is good. You know, no fucking qualms about anything. Mm-hmm. Off the bat, I don't know what the ABV is, even though I've been uh, drinking it for a long time. Uh, do you, do you have the ABV here, bro? I can't find it. Um, it's got to be around the five percent. Yeah, right? yeah, like around there. I'll, I'll look for it in a little bit. And the more, the most important part is that this beer cares about your wallet. It's cheap. Yeah, it's a cheap beer. It is. It's not as cheap as it used to be. Ever since uh, you know, it became like a hipster beer, maybe like fifteen years ago. Yeah, but it's still yeah, it's still pretty cheap. Five out of five stars for me, bro. I love this beer. Okay, I can't find the ABV. I mean. My eyes aren't as good anymore. Mm. Doesn't every can have to have it by law? Yeah, I think so. But I still can't see it unless it's buried, right? Or it's like right in front of my face and I can't see it? Bruh, I can't find it either. Mm. I think we're going to have to Google it then. Yeah. Let's just say it's a 5% beer. Okay. That's what it tastes like around there. Okay. Uh, For me to rank this beer, it's a tough one. I love this beer just for the nostalgia factor. Uh. Drinking this tall boy, I feel like I should be at some shitty dive bar at a at a sh- <laughs> at a like a metal show or punk show. Hey man, we were drinking this when we saw after the burial in Spirit yeah. Box. Yeah, this is my go to whenever I go to a show, some bar, or, yeah. you know, I want a, a PBR tall boy. By the way, shout out. This is like our fifth shout out to our good brother, our honorary member of the, uh, the We Side Boys, our good brother Ned Nava. <laughs> love you, brother. Cheers. We love you. Cheers. Yes. So, with all that said. Shit, I'm gonna have to be. I'm gonna have to put my beer drinking hat on and and be a little bit of a snob. Do so it. I'm gonna go ahead and give this a solid three point five. 
There you go. Fry. I do I like, the, like that. I like the taste. It reminds me of, uh, you know, a ton of memories, but can't hide the fact that it's not a phenomenal beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't something that when I'm going to pick out a beer and I want something amazing, I'm not going to be like, oh, let me get a PBR. Yeah. You know, I know uh, Dennis Hopper would disagree, <laughs> but uh, still, this is a solid beer, go-to beer, 3.5 out of 5. Uh, for me, that's still damn good, especially for an American lager, right? Cool. Yeah. Curious, brother. Well, if you had one, if I offered you a Heineken or a PBR, which one are you taking? Fuck, I think I would pick a Heineken. Really? I do like Heineken. I mean, well, I guess I haven't had a Heineken in probably five years now, but. Yeah. uh, If you're not aware of this, it's because of the movie Blue Velvet. It's Mm -hmm. our intro, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking a PBR, brother. I really am. It'd be a tough choice for me. I just feel like the Heineken is a little bit, a little bit above a PBR, but still. PBR Mm -hmm. PBR reminds me of home. Yep. PBR for America. Mm -hmm. God bless America. There's our ranking, brother. Let's get right into this movie. All right, so here we go. Here's here's my introduction to this. Uh, well, here's it. I've never seen it before, so yeah, uh, it was up until recently from this recommendation from the good brother Rolando. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So same with you, right? You didn't yeah, watch it either. I have not. I, this wasn't even on my radar. So yeah. So here here's the thing that made me want to watch that. I checked out the trailer when he recommended it to us to review, and I'd seen that it was a dark comedy, dude. So a lot of people that know me, they know that I have a fucked up dark sense of humor, man. Yeah. I laugh at everything that I probably shouldn't at, but I don't give a fuck because I, I'm going to hell. So, <laughs> you know, I'm well aware of that. So I will, I, I will laugh at anything and everything. Can't go to hell if you don't believe in it, right? Hey, that's for another topic, bro. <laughs> hell yeah. No pun intended, man. <laughs> but because of that, and I saw that it was, uh, it was a dark comedy, you're like, yeah. We haven't hit this uh, spectrum of of movies yet. Yeah. So I figured let's do it. And then what surprised me, brother, is that Bobcat Goldwith fucking directed this movie, dude. Mm. So for any of you who don't know that, all right, for me, I just thought Bobcat Goldwith was a a stand-up comedian with that really annoying voice that is in the Police Academy movies. Mm. Right? Do you remember him? Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, I know you're talking about. He's got a real distinct voice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't... don't... Obviously, it's not fucking real. It's just... The act that he yeah. puts on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. But dude, I had no idea he was a, the director of this. Huh. So that that I was curious to see, all right, what what can he bring to film based off of like his comedic chops, basically, is what I'm saying. And did he direct in that voice? I wonder. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I wonder. I didn't go out of my way to like check out any like uh, behind the scenes stuff for mm-hmm. this because mm-hmm. this movie came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. So there's a decent amount of time has passed by yeah. since it came out. Yeah, it's been a while. But yeah, so let's get into the premise of this. All right, so the premise of this movie is Frank. Frank Murdoch is a man who absolutely fucking detests American culture, uh, specifically uh, the fucking like reality shows and just all the bullshit that comes with it. You know, yeah. such as like, um, uh, also such as like you know. They do with like the spoof of it, right? Like American Idol. Yeah. Which is American superstars here. And it's not even just that. It's just just society in general. American society. He even, not to go too far into the plot, but there's a scene where he is talking with a coworker. Uh-huh. And he he, he does a, uh, a quote where he says that like society is so fucked up that any time by now, 
the two chicks from Two Girls in One Cup are going to have their own show on VH1. <laughs> I thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And the thing about like this movie, too, is that I enjoyed the writing in this. I thought the writing, like uh, the comedy writing in this was very fucking good. Yeah, it, it had a lot to say. I'll agree. Yep. Yeah. And so to get back to the premise of this movie, is he's so fed up with U.S. culture that he goes on a killing spree to get rid of people responsible for U.S. culture. And, and yeah. then he also makes it a point to say that he wants to kill bad people mm-hmm. or mean people at that too, right? People that deserve to die is, I believe, what he says yeah. the most. I still think that's fucked up. <laughs> Murder, come on. Yeah, well, I mean, if they really deserve to die. Uh, Did Chloe know. deserve to die? She was a snob. All you got to do is like teach her some lessons, man. Uh, she's She was already, what, sweet 16? Yeah. And she was already a horrible person. So I don't know, man. Um, but fuck it, man. Let's get into it, brother. Yeah. Let's start with the beginning, the plot. Starts off with a crying baby. Fucking mm. annoying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I personally, I don't like the sound of crying babies, man. Uh, who does? Yeah. You know, um, the DMV is one, <laughs> one fucking place I hate going to because I know you're going to hear like you're fucking like 10 babies crying at once and oh, shit. God, whoever likes going to the DMV. At right? least those of us in California, I hear that magically in other states it's better. But yeah. let us know if it's not, if it's just as bad as it is here. <laughs> if you tell me I have to go to the DMV, you might as well just fucking kick me in the balls, dude. Because Might as well, huh? Man, just spit in my face because I, I try not to go to the DMV if I, unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, I hear you, bro. Let me get a swig for that, yeah? Just because it stresses <laughs> me out just the thought of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like I said, there's a crying baby in the beginning. It's the baby of, the, of his neighbors. Yeah. His neighbors, and it's like they're separ- his home is separated from just the one wall yeah. from his neighbors. So he's able to hear the, the baby clearly. And off the bat, they tell you that these neighbors are pieces of shit, man. Yep. They're very fucking annoying. So he daydreams of killing them. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's a pretty brutal scene. Yeah, the opening I thought was fucking awesome. Uh-huh. Honestly, I thought it was fucking cool. I was like, I don't want to hear no fucking... Baby's crying. <laughs> and that he just fucking daydreams of fucking shooting the neighbors and stuff. Jeez, yeah. So he's he's watching TV. He's watching a reality TV. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, let me back up a little bit. He's like, he flips through the channels. Yeah. He's like, because he says that he has insomnia yeah. as like one of his ailments. So he's kind of like half heartedly watching TV. Yeah. And yeah, he's flipping the channels as it annoys him. He also, he, he goes through this like, uh, reality show and then he also goes into this like political show by yeah. some, some dude named michael fuller mm-hmm. right excuse me holy <laughs> shit there it is man yeah the magical burp dude yeah I, every week i feel like uh this came out or this came out around 2011 2012 yeah. right so they had like the tough girls mm-hmm. was one of the ones and then this michael fuller like you say i think that's supposed to be like a tucker carlson but i don't know if he was around back then but yeah. i think i think it was supposed to be like a a riff on a conservative uh, talking yes. head. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, Michael Fuller's played by Reagan Burns. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, he used to have a show where he would like drive people around, I think, to, and like answer questions. Or... I could be wrong, but I remember seeing him like on Spike TV with a show. The cash Cab? No, no, that's someone else. Yeah, but I was going to say. He, um, he would go around some town and just ask, ask people questions, random questions, and they'd win money. Okay. That's the first time I saw Reagan Burns, but Michael Reagan Burns plays this this uh, political guy. Yeah. Uh, Michael Fuller. Hmm. So while he's flipping through the channels, you can see that he's holding his head. He gets headaches. Yeah. He gets these headaches throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So while he's flipping through the channels, he goes on American Superstars, which is an obvious fucking spoof of American Idol. Yeah. Yeah, and then they even have like Simon Cowell's like fucking yeah, the British guy, the yep. British guy. He's yeah. like being real fucking mean and just, yeah. And what's more fucked up is that um, they're like kind of like judging this uh, mental, mentally challenged man named Stephen Clark. Well, does it ever? Does, did they ever actually say that he's mentally challenged? Because they ask him if he's mentally. They, he, he says no. They was, do though, like later on in the movie, because they call him the R word. Yeah, right. I do remember that, but yeah, you can. I mean, I've I've had close to ten years' experience working with handicapped, so uh -huh. I it's like a sixth sense for me. I know when <laughs> you know, <laughs> not to sound fucked up, but I know when when I see one, you know. And it, to me, it was pretty pretty clear. They didn't need to say the R word for is, that, but like again, it's a dark comedy. Is it fucked up when you said sixth sense? I imagined you saying, "I uh, see handicapped people." Oh uh, no. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up, man. I'm going to hell, brother, anyway, so I can laugh at that, okay? Yeah, I said it, so I'm there, right there with you. <laughs> Might as well pack our shit now and go to hell now. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah. So anyway. Sec section six, row six, seat six, dude. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to swig for that. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> so anyways, Stephen Clark, man. Which... I also like I I was never a fan of American Idol, never watched it. Uh -huh. But if you couldn't escape that that William Hung guy, yeah, I think that those this was a riff on that. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about William Hung. I don't know if he's mentally challenged, but no, um, he wasn't. He's he wasn't. Just, he was just normal, right? He's just a really bad singer. Yeah. So I think like they were trying to play it off as like this is like this version of William Hung, but he happens to be a mentally challenged person. Allegedly, yes. Yes. I I think he is, man. I just, maybe I wasn't paying attention close enough, but I feel like they never really fully established. I think he's just not smart, mm -hmm. which uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's a handicap. And, and what I like about this, bro, is that like Frank, he fucking hates American culture and the, yeah. the thing, but he's still watching this shit. It's like he's distracted by it. He flips through the channels and then uh -huh. he sees this like fucking. Uh, it's like a not not a horror show or anything like that, but it's like it's like uh, people. Who went on killing sprees oh, and, and then it yeah. like fucking lulls him to sleep yes you know so it's almost like he found his comfort he's like ah yeah here's here's people fucking mm. killing other people ah, i'm comfortable i'm gonna go to sleep now yeah you know so then he wakes up the next morning uh and then his fucking car is like blocked in by his piece of shit neighbor yeah and then like you can hear like the he, he like knocks on the door and he says, Hey, can you move? I'm kinda late for work. Fuck mm. me. He's like, Oh, you shouldn't have parked so close. Yeah. Uh, like, dude, off the bat, I just wanted to punch this fucking neighbor, dude. <laughs> I've what seen a... him in other stuff before. I know you maybe you know. Uh maybe you have no I on never it. did know. I've seen him before, I just don't know where. Yeah, uh, so then he fucking moves his car, dude, but he he takes his sweet time mm -hmm. and he's got this like yellow Camaro. Uh, yeah. Yep. So Got to bring that up because it's kind of somewhat important later mm. on. Uh, but just off the bat, dude, these fucking neighbors, dude, I, I kind of wanted them to die. <laughs> yeah. Fucked up already. No, like, I thought they were going to, you know, make it a point. But yeah. 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 Just very fucking rude. Mm. So he shows up to work, but he gets. Yeah. He calls his wife, his ex-wife. Yes. And uh, he, he tells him, he's like, oh, can I talk to my daughter, Ava? Mm -hmm. And Ava, I'm just going to say it. Ava's a piece of shit. She, little yeah. fucking snob girl, right? That doesn't uh, only wants to go over to him 
because like he's like, did you give me a present? He's like, no. Yeah. Well, I don't want to fucking talk. He's like, fuck you, man. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, she wasn't raised properly. She's pretty much showing that she's a mini Chloe already, right? Yes. So I have that in my notes as well, yep. bro. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I on my notes, I also put piece of shit kid. <laughs> fucking hey, that's brat. one. That's one of our themes, right? Uh, this, yeah. is, this, this is the second piece of shit kid that we've we've run across. <laughs> yeah, mi familia, man. <laughs> Little Carlitos is a piece of shit. Yeah. So yeah, it's like no present. It's like I don't want to see my dad. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, dude. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know that's stupid. Uh, the wife ends up saying that uh, that, that she's engaged to Brad, who's a, like a cop. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it goes back to like the writing, of the the comedy writing in this. He's like, because she tells him, "Hey, we're engaged." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, when Brad's down there, tell him to smell my balls." <laughs> I thought the, I thought that was really fucking funny, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who wrote the movie. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I got to check that out. But I thought it was pretty fucking funny. Mm-hmm. So then uh, Frank goes into work. And you can see he's miserable as fuck at work. Yeah. Because like all of his colleagues are like talking about, oh, did you see American Superstars? Did you see this? It's just uh, like he doesn't. He's like in an environment he doesn't want to be in. And then he fucking daydreams of shooting them. dude. Yeah. And I I knew it was like a daydream. It was pretty obvious to me. Yeah. But then when I he did. snaps out of it, he's like using the stapler to fucking shoot yeah. them. And correct me if I'm wrong, but one of his coworkers was uh, Tom Kinney from hmm. SpongeBob. What? Yeah, the guy with the glasses. I'm pretty sure it's it's Tom Kenny. Is it the when he's in the office when he goes into HR? No, it's when he's when he's daydreaming about shooting his coworkers, the ones that are talking like down the hall kind of uh-huh. like in the cubicle one of them is tom kenny and i knew it was him also because he also does some of the voices on the commercials so i'm like uh-huh. oh that, that's tom kenny you never forget spongebob's voice yeah no i didn't notice that dude yeah it is well unless i'm wrong but we can go back and look yeah but no that's uh, yeah i'm gonna have to look back and see that dude uh-huh. i mean shit we side boys <laughs> you know i <laughs> i feel bad not knowing that now no oh, yeah that was definitely him Fuck yeah, dude. Like, damn. <laughs> cheers to him, dude. Yeah, Fuck. Cheers. Mm. But anyways. But yeah. Mm. Back to the task at hand. But Frank's at work. He ends up having this conversation with his coworker. Uh-huh. How, and it's like this whole fucking like monologue of how, what well, everything is wrong with American society and this shit. Yes. And like, he makes a lot of valid points, you know? And then that's where I go back to the two girls, one cup quote. Yeah, because like, yeah, nowadays, because he 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 also says that. Hey, do you remember watching Survivor when you would see, uh, is it Survivor or Fear Factor? One of those. No, shows. he says Survivor. Survivor, right? Yep. Where it's like eating cockroaches and mm-hmm. insects and shit was like was like shocking. That's fucking nothing nowadays. Yeah, it's true, and it's it's very true, dude. Mm-hmm. So like now, and then even now, dude, it's even like if if Frank was a real person in South society now today in this time with all this bullshit <laughs> that's going on in TikTok, was, and, yeah, TikTok, you know, he would be even fucking more disgusted. He would just there would be no movie. He'd fucking shoot himself, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but yeah, and then he and then I also want to make a point that while he's going off on this monologue. The coworkers in the back are listening to him. You yeah. can see them. Yeah, they give him the stink guy. Yeah. And then he gets called into HR. Uh-huh. And when he goes gets called into HR, what I thought was he was getting into HR for is because of what the fuck he was saying. No, that's too soon. I knew it. I knew there was gonna be something yeah. different because like it takes HR a yeah. long time to to get that stuff ready. So true that. True so, that. Yeah, if, if they're pulling him in now, it's for something else. Yeah. Yeah. 
on, on a second viewing, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. You're right. So he gets called into HR and they tell him that he's going to get fired because he did something he shouldn't have done, which is going into the files to look up someone's number, which is the receptionist, Karen, uh-huh. to give her flowers. Yep. Which so, is a creepy thing to do. It is, dude. You don't do that. Yeah, I don't, you know? I don't, I don't care what gonna, your intentions are. But yeah, if you're you going to... If you're gonna like, uh, just ask for a number, dude. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> fucking a. But what I thought was funny though is that they play it off as that she's interested in him, mm-hmm. and then it turns out like at this minute we find out that she's the one that complained against them, yeah. and like uh, she wasn't okay with it. So it's like, what the fuck? Because mm-hmm. he even gave her a book like when he first walked in. He's yeah. like, hey, I forgot her name, but hey, Karen, Karen, here's a here's that book that I've been recommending, and she's like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. So yeah, all for nothing, man. Yeah. But the thing is, he gets fired. He's like, I've been here 11 years. He goes, yeah, I know. It's the higher-ups. Mm. Yeah. And then he actually takes the firing somewhat well. Yeah. Like, he doesn't storm off. Mm-hmm. He even shakes the fucking guy's hand. Yes. But you do see him, like, like sitting on an elevator, like, next to the elevator. So it's like, he is down in the dumps, though. Yeah. You know? Just that he takes it, like, professionally. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty well. Well, this is right before he sees the doctor. So he's still... Yeah. He doesn't have that uh, thing pushing him over the edge. Yeah. And so, yeah, to go right into it, brother, he goes to the doctor after the, the headaches he's been complaining about. Yes. And they tell him, yeah, you have a brain tumor. And they tell him, like, if you don't, you know, surgery on this is just as risky as you, like, keeping it. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a pretty fucked up situation. Yes. And it's <laughs> the fucking doctor in this, dude. Right? Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit, dude, mm-hmm. because, like, he he answers a fucking phone while he's telling him this like fucking like like super serious fucking news. Yeah, and he's like, I have to take it. And then he's yeah. just talking about like a moonroof for this car he's trying to buy. Yeah, and then the way he talks to the person on the other end too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna fuck you. Like Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, I'm gonna take this fucking gorilla and I'm gonna shove it up your asshole or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, damn, man, this motherfucker isn't taking his job seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then we find out later on. Mm. We'll get to that a mm. little later later. Yeah. But then after the tumor diagnosis, Frank goes home, watches TV, more shit about like the shitty US culture. Yes. Right. And then <laughs> they have this like uh kind of like a TMZ spoof, but it's mm. called TMI. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then they start talking shit about Stephen Clark. Uh-huh. And then so it's like there to push it to you, like, yeah, Stephen Clark is fucking this guy sings like shit. He was on American Superstars. Just bringing shame to him, you know. Uh-huh. It's already tough enough. That he got fucking chastised by this fucking Simon Cowell. Yes. Wannabe. But don't make it like harder for him already. It's already tough for this motherfucker. Dude. Yeah. But yeah. So there's that. And then he stumbles across this. I mean, like I did say, like he's watching TV, right? Mm-hmm. He stumbles across this fucking show. Uh, where This is the introduction of Chloe. Mm-hmm. But I do got to say this, though. By this time, he's fucking fed up with everything. Yes. But let's let's back up a little bit. He got fired. He's already sick of U.S. culture. He's watching all this bullshit that's going on on TV. Mm-hmm. So he goes for a gun. Yeah. So nice little detail. They have, like, he, he finds this box where the gun is at. Yeah. Nice little detail that they have. It looks like he has, like, dog tags or something like that. Oh, right? uh, okay. To make it seem like, okay, so he maybe he's done some service. He knows what he's doing with a gun. Yeah. Okay. And so he takes his gun, puts it in his mouth, but then he gets distracted by this show with Chloe. Mm-hmm. The introduction of Chloe. And this girl is this fucking spoiled brat, 16 years old, I believe. Yeah. Very rich. 
parents fucking they, <laughs> they like cater to excuse me every fucking thing she wants yep gets fucking upset because she didn't get an escalade yeah like just an absolute spoiled brat uh-huh. right so this fucking like he's about to like kill himself and he sees this shit and he goes now nah, i got an idea uh-huh. and his idea is he's gonna go find her at a school and fucking kill her mm. right and dark comedy man so mm. <laughs> so sure enough he the next fucking morning he goes to Chloe's school, which, so here's this thing, dude. It's like, if, I, if I'm if i watching this, like, reality show, how convenient was it that they live in the same town? Does it even say they're in the same town? He's just, like, he just goes, he steals the car, and then he goes, finds her, right? Yeah, well, like, she says, like, in, in the show, right? He's like, oh, I'm from Virginia, so I had to get a fucking dress specially uh, made or some shit like that. Okay. Doesn't really specify where they're at, mm-hmm. but I just thought it was, like, a little convenient. That they happen to live in the same fucking city. Okay. Or who knows, whatever. Yeah. So he goes to her school and fucking creep alert, right? He's like checking in her out with like binoculars <laughs> yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah. And this is the introduction of Roxy. Yep. Roxy goes up to Joel and says, hey, like, or excuse me, Frank, Joel Murray. Mm-hmm. He, goes, he goes to Frank and says, hey, you're a fucking creep. What are you doing out here? And he just tells her like, fuck off, like leave. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> I don't even think he says anything, right? He just gives her like a stink eye and then she just walks away, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I also forgot to mention though that that while while Frank was watching the show, he got another headache. Yes. So they keep like bringing it to you that he keeps having these fuck headaches mm-hmm. to keep reminding you that he's got this tumor he has to worry about as well. Mm-hmm. So he's not really kind of like uh, oh I got nothing else to lose I'm gonna fucking die anyways from yeah. this fucking tumor and shit. Yep. So you know that's that's how it is. But but first of all, bro, the fucking idea of like going to the school to fucking kill a teenager is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it made me laugh though, dude. I was like, man, this guy's fucking gone, dude. Yeah. Like, this is what it is, you know. And I got a, I got a bit of a flaw here, bro. Okay. It's um, so he takes off right, and he takes off with the neighbor's car. Uh huh. But it's like, how did he take the keys? Because all you see is that he fucking left. Yeah. His room. Uh-huh. He left his house drinking a beer and he throws a bottle away and then he just fucking walks away into the car. And it's like, where or how did he fucking steal this car? Where how did he get the keys? Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't paying that close attention uh at this point. I I remember there was one part when he first asked the neighbor to move his car. Yeah. I remember he was taking his sweet time and he was like looking like kind of where the gas tank was uh-huh. or something. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really say how he got the keys, but I thought, I thought maybe I missed something because I wasn't paying close enough. Yeah, attention. we didn't miss shit, bro. We mm-hmm. it's exactly how it was. They just okay. stood up, didn't they? Fucking ignore that part. Yeah, that that's why I brought up earlier that the fucking neighbor's car was yellow. Uh huh. Because he takes off and he's in in the car with the binoculars and he's in this fucking bright yellow car and it's like he took the fucking neighbor's car. Mm-hmm. How? Well, how did he steal it? How did he come up with the keys? Yeah, because that's that's a straight up flaw, not even a nitpick in my. I don't agree with that shit because the neighbors seem like they're pieces of shit that just stay home all the time, right? Yeah. So how, yeah, how would you have taken the car, right, without them noticing? And also, how would you have gotten the keys? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once he tells Roxy to kind of like shoo away, right? He mm-hmm. fucking sees Chloe goes into, uh, she wait. He waits for Chloe to get into her car. Uh huh. Fucking handcuffs her. Uh-huh. Right? Dude, this part was actually fucking funny to I, me. Dude. Yeah, I like this part. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like he handcuffs her to the steering wheel, closes the door, and he's gonna like fucking light up a rag mm. 
and put it where the the fucking gas is at and they made it like all fucking badass like he lights it up yeah, and he's walking he's away in slow away. motion uh-huh. like a badass mm. but then he goes oh shit because the fucking like the rags fucking flies away uh-huh. and then he's like trying to pick it up but it's too fucking hot <laughs> you know i thought that part was fucking hilarious yeah this part cracked me up yeah, yeah. and then uh so chloe's fucking yelling like help me help me uh-huh. right um and then the the fucking her friends show up and he says, fuck this, just shoots her right yeah. in the fucking head, dude. Yeah, yeah. And takes off. Mm-hmm. Roxy sees this, fucking loves it. Mm-hmm. Right? She's like, did you just kill Chloe? And he's like, yeah. And then he then he gets in the car and leaves, right? Yeah. But but here's, here's uh, this might be another flaw right here, is that uh, once he shoots Chloe, he's on the run, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes to a motel. Yep. Roxy follows him to the motel. That's not the flaw. The flaw is this. Is that when she says, like, hello, open up. I know you're in there. Mm-hmm. She fucking says, like, what are you doing, Frank? They never, int- like, introduced each other and shit like that. All he did was tell her, like, hey, like, fuck off, you know? Yeah. So it's I had to rewind it twice. Okay. So I was like, how the fuck did she know his name? Yeah, that's true. I didn't pick that up. But like I said, I, I wasn't paying that close of attention. But yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie's not perfect, bro. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But not even a nitpick. That's a flaw. Yeah. Straight up. Um, so in the motel, he's about to kill himself. And then Roxy's like, oh, uh, well, you shouldn't do it. But if you are, let me see. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, fuck? so this already like for, for like an introduction to Roxy, it's like, okay, you're pretty fucking crazy. If you want to see a suicide, uh-huh. not even that, like you're disgusted that some person got shot in front of you, mm-hmm. but you follow this fucking person into a motel and then you're trying to like convince them to not commit suicide. But then you're just like, all right, fuck it, can't change your mind. All right, let me see you. And so she, she she puts on that fucking the, like the the like the suit protector, like <laughs> that you would put on like your suit so I could dust and shit. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I did like that. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty funny, dude. And so Frank says, hey, I can't fucking do this, man. So then Roxy tells him, like, uh, all right, like if you're gonna kill these like other people, like, like let's kill all these other Chloes. There's uh-huh. there's a lot of out there, so let's start with her fucking parents. Yeah. And like you see like Joel's like face just fucking change. Yeah, cuz he has like the gun in his mouth, right? And yeah. she's cuz he says I don't want to kill people that deserve to die. Yeah. And she's like, "Well, how about her parents?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, okay, I could see that." And that's when his face changes, you're right. Yeah. And so they go to Chloe's home, right? Mm-hmm. Nice little detail right there is that they have like the nice little like vigil, the vigil kind yep, of setup. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um maybe it's a little too small cuz they made it to seem that that like Chloe was really fucking popular. Uh-huh. It was like a really tiny one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just that's a nitpick right there. It could have been fucking bigger for the way they made it seem. Well, maybe it's like subliminally, right? Like she's like one of those people who seemed really popular because she's rich and but maybe and no then, one liked it. Yeah, she but, was a yeah, yeah, nobody okay, liked it. Gotcha. So I think that's what I got from it. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. You convinced me right there. Bro. <laughs> yeah. But like, and then it goes into this part where like, and it was like surprisingly gory, dude. Mm-hmm. For this part, it's like he like uh. Frank goes in, yep. fucking tells him straight up, like, I'm the one that fucking killed your daughter. Uh-huh. Fucking is in there with a gun. Yeah. Fucking shoots the dad. Yep. But then the gun fucking clicks and fucking uh, the mom runs away. Mm-hmm. And then you see, like, Frank all fucking shocked. Like, oh, you're like, whoa, what happened? And then you see Roxy with a fucking big old knife. Yeah. Fucking killing, stabbing I, the mom. I like the way they did that scene because yeah. um, they don't show it right away. I thought, like, it was going to be something funny where the mom like ran into like some kind of like suit of armor 
sword holding thing because they're they're like rich parents right they're like in a rich house yeah but no it turns out to be chloe or i'm sorry uh, roxy roxy yes yeah and then when the when they pan to her Mm -hmm. the knife's already in her Uh but then she goes in deeper and then fucking blood like i was like uh surprisingly gory for Mm -hmm. that one man so credit to fucking bobcat goldway for fucking making that happen dude that was fucking that was cool as fuck i actually like i know it's fucked up but it was actually a good scene (laughs) yeah you know but yeah, and then um, to to kind of go away from this, like, I'll say this about, like, whenever they kill somebody, mm, a bit of a fucking, like, nitpick for me is, like, they escape fucking easily. Yeah. Like, if you fucking, like, kill someone, dude, like, you got to be on the run, dude. Mm-hmm. They're, like, surprisingly calm for every fucking murder they do. Yes. And they, And it looks like it's too convenient for me for them to escape that fucking easily. And, like, the thing is, they don't even, like, they don't even like take off with urgency. They just they stand there. They fucking there's no urgency. Like like dude, you just killed someone. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I think the the way they explain it and how they explain away, uh, you know, the urgency that they would normally have is that they stick to random people that they don't know, mm-hmm. which makes a little more sense. They don't have to be as careful because, you know. Uh, if anybody likes true crime out there, you know, the quickest way to get caught when you're murdering people is to kill people that you know. Um, so that kind of works in their favor here. Um, they're just like even somewhat not really, though, because like they were on TV. So they're somewhat popular. The yeah, the well, you're talking yeah, about the, like, the parents, right? Yeah. And then like they're rich as fuck, dude. So like, uh-huh. would they not have security cameras? You know what I mean? That's true. I didn't think of that. But also like you would think about that. Uh, they didn't. They didn't actually know the parents mm-hmm. like uh, intimately. Like, there's no way they could trace them to it. That's what I'm talking about. Like, actually, people that they know. But yeah, it. It's also. It could be weird that they don't have security there. But again, like, if your kid is killed randomly, how many? Like, what cops would be guarding the parents? Like, who would think for the parents to be killed? Right. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense in a way, I guess. In, yeah. In like a realistic way. Yeah. So after after they kill Chloe's parents, dude, Roxy convinces Frank, like, let me join you on this killing spree. Yeah. Let's get rid of all these fucking people responsible for this bullshit, you know? Yeah. So then um, she actually makes it a point that her parents are fucked up. Yeah. Says that her mom is a fucking whore, a mm-hmm. crack whore, yep. and that her dad had raped her. She says rapes her every night. Yeah. So then by by this fucking criteria, your parents should be someone to be killing next yeah but then he's like oh don't kill my parents it's right there off the bat i knew something was fishy bro. well it's because she says also like we can't kill people that we know so again if they kill the parents then they're gonna look at her because she's missing i guess right yeah but uh yeah i mean that's a bad point to bring up yeah and then afterwards bro they go to like a thrift store right Mm -hmm. and so here comes this like uh conversation that they have with like uh like Joel uh excuse me Frank Roxy asks Frank like do you think I'm pretty mm-hmm. right and so he says like oh I can't tell you that he's like it's like I'm not a pedophile basically yeah. is what I'm saying yes and he's like just tell me that I'm pretty he's like no like I but but while this is going on bro it's like dude they just murdered people why are they at a thrift store all calm and not even that, bro. They're fucking. They're talking kind of loud, dude. Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah. Um. Well, I heard that they're sorry because they need new clothes, right? Because yeah. all their clothes got full of blood. 
They even had like the previous scene was them at the the car wash. Remember? Yeah. Where they're trying to wash it off and like, oh, we need new clothes. But yeah, uh, I thought this scene was kind of weird too, where she's just like, oh, tell me I'm pretty. Yeah. And he's like, no. I said, oh, so I'm ugly. It's just kind of weird, I think. But yeah. But it is a point to bring up. We'll get to that a little later. Uh huh. Right. And then, but but to bring up again. Like, they are talking fucking loud, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, it got to me. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. You can see people, like, in the back walking. <laughs> it's a thrift store, dude. It's like, can you, like, fucking maybe have this conversation, like, not inside a store where there's a lot of other people? Hey, man, like I said, it's a thrift store. It's ain't Macy's. <laughs> it's a different a different clientele, right? Yeah, and then even even though that happens, dude, there's they still seem somewhat calm, mm-hmm. right? They're so calm, dude, that the next scene, they go into a theater, bro. Yeah. Like, I'd be in, on the fucking run, dude. They go to a theater, <laughs> Nice little fucking note, though, is that when they go to the theater, you can see posters of uh, two documentaries, Man mm-hmm. on a Wire and Jesus Camp. Have you seen those, bro? No. I didn't know if those I didn't know if those posters were like fake posters. Or no, real they're posters. not fake. Okay. They're legit documentaries. Dude. Okay. Jesus Camp was fucking crazy, dude. Like, okay. I think we should go out of our way and check that one out, dude. I'm down right. to rewatch it because I remember watching it. I I don't want to get into it because then we'll be here for another fucking hour. Okay. But uh, Man on Wire, I believe, is on Netflix if you want to check that out. Okay. But they're at a theater, dude, and they're just going to enjoy this movie. There are there are four teenagers that sit behind them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's four of them, two dudes, two girls. One of the girls there is actually like kind of like okay. Because the other teenagers are fucking like rude as fuck. Yeah. They're answering the phone. They're talking while the movie's going on. Yep. And shit like that. And it's like, if there's any a time to fucking text, like, here it is. Like, don't fucking call. Yeah. And inside a fucking theater. In front of them is a guy who is supposed to be at work, but yeah. is saying whoever the fuck he's talking to. It's like, oh, I'm at work. Yeah. I, I imagine it'd be his wife. His or wife something. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. So we have all these, we have the people around them. They're all on their phones. They're fucking rude. They get, it's rude to the point where they have to change seats because they're like, man, fuck this. Like, they're going forward. So when they move, fucking one of the kids, the dudes, fucking throws candy at them. Uh-huh. And then Frank is like, uh, like, fuck you. Like, I'm going to do something. But now Roxy being the fucking badass and she's like, no, Frank, let me. And then boom, <laughs> yeah, fucking she grabs shoots the gun. Yeah. The thing is, she shoots them, but they're wounded. They're not like direct hits. Yeah, she's a terrible shot. Yeah. And then Frank fucking does ends them basically. Mm-hmm. And then that one girl that was actually like kind of shushing them to fucking kick back, they like spared her. Mm-hmm. And then like Frank tells her like, "Oh, thank you for not being rude." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty I mean? much. Yeah. So then the dumb fuck in in front of them who's supposed to be at work, supposedly in quotes, <laughs> fucking is recording the whole shit. And then Frank's like, "Really, dude?" And then fucking shoots him too. Yeah. That I mean, come on, do you fucking ask for that? If there's a shooting inside a theater, bro, I'm hiding. I'm not fucking taking out my phone and record shit. Yeah. Well, I guess this, I guess this movie was ahead of its time because this is 2011, 2012. I would say that's more realistic these days. You know, somebody's recording for TikTok or, right. you know, World Star Hip Hop or whatever. I think World Star Hip Hop was a thing back then. So maybe that's what they're trying to emulate. Yeah. But yeah. And, and then again, bro, like they fucking leave. No urgency. They're just standing there. No uh-huh. problem. And then they escape. No mm-hmm. struggle. Nothing. Too convenient for my liking, in my opinion, dude. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Okay. So, let me get to this other scene. Um, shortly after this, and my notes, I put it down as fucking bonding time. So like Frank buys a bunch of teddy bears. Oh, right? okay, yeah. Right, and so because it comes, it does come important this scene, like later in the film. So what they do is like they tie up all these like teddy bears, 
two trees. And then it's for like Roxy to get better at shooting. Mm -hmm. Right. But the cool thing is that like, while this is like going on, like Roxy tells Frank like nine o'clock, seven mm -hmm. o'clock, meaning like someone is behind you. Yeah. Right. So depending on what time it is to fucking, you know, for the, like the arms of the clock, you yes. got to turn that way and shit like that. Cause it does come into play later in the movie. And also it, it illustrates the fact you said like there was dog tags. Yeah. It, it further illustrates the fact that he's uh a damn good shooter. Oh, military also. Yeah. That that the dog tags explain how fucking badass Frank was as a shooter. Yeah. That he shot all those like the fucking kids that were like like pretty far yeah, when they he, were taken he's off. He's clearly a marksman, so clearly, yeah. He's got he's got training, I guess is the point they're trying to make. Yeah. And so while while they have this bonding time, again, he signals to his fucking head, he's got a headache. Fucking just to keep reminding us he's got a fucking tumor going. Okay. Right? So next scene they go into a motel. News it already has them that they're they're in fucking like uh they're on camera that when they shot they shot up the fucking theater. Okay. The lady that the the girl that they spared is interviewed and says, Yeah, like the, the people I was with were rude. Yeah. So they shot him. <laughs> and so Frank's like happy. He's like, Yeah, she gets it. Yeah. You know, these people died because they were mean. They were mm -hmm. rude. Yeah. Still, to a vulgar <laughs> for me. But yeah, whatever. Oh, and dude, I wanna I wanna bring this part up, dude. So when they were when they were uh, like brought up into the news, they were fucking happy, right? Uh-huh. So Frank goes to Roxy, like, oh, high five. And she goes, Oh no, I don't high five. Right? I don't remember you, that no? part. Okay, so they made it to seem, dude, that like there's a story behind this, like no high five shit. Okay. And there isn't. Yeah. So I put it in my notes, like, okay, so why does she not like high fives? Yeah, I must have missed that they part. Don't and then fucking bring it up. I mean, yeah. they bring it up another time, but we'll get into that a little later. Okay. But it's not really important. It's like, dude, like, why would they like zoom up to like to um to Roxy being like, oh, I don't high five. Mm -hmm. They make it seem like it was like this fucking like traumatic experience that happened to her. <laughs> okay. But no, a flaw right there, brother. Okay. So again, at this motel when they're checking out the news, they see that Steven Steven is on there. It's just not yet that he has committed suicide. Okay. But it's just like, oh, they're they're still like ridiculing this motherfucker uh -huh. for how shitty he was singing on the show. Yes. Right? And so Roxy and Frank start talking about, okay, so who's our next target? Like, they start talking about all the fucked up people. Mm -hmm. So this is where, like, Roxy says, or, like, uh, uh, we should fuck up people that are always wearing band shirts for their kids. And I was like, hey, man, I bought, when Damien was born, I bought him a Pink Floyd fucking onesie, man. <laughs> I like, see. You're on the like, list? So I'm on the list, dude. I'm hey, not I, a bad person. I'd be on the fuck. list, too. She says people that like punk rock. Like, come on, dude. I like punk rock. <laughs> people that say stoked. Mm. so i'd be on the list twice then <laughs> it's like hey man i'm stoked for shit come on yeah fucking roxy man well also uh he says like no we need to kill people that actually deserve it so just not not people we don't like right and so their next target is michael fuller and this is again like some something that's a little too convenient it's like sure it could be local news whatever they didn't say that it was local news at okay. least i could be wrong but then they find michael fuller just jogging uh -huh. So, like, Michael Fuller and Chloe are in the same fucking city that they're in? I don't know. Does it say where? The, I think it's just kind of just cut together. I assume they're driving across America at uh -huh. this point. But, I no, mean. No, dude. So, like, we'll get into that a little later. Because 
let, let me finish this and then we'll go into what, what I'm trying to say, okay? Okay. So they find Michael Fuller fucking jogging, right? And then they fucking shoot him from mm -hmm. a distance, right? Yep. But they just wound him, right? And then when they go check to see if he's fucking dead, he pulls out a gun. Mm -hmm. Motherfucker's not even writhing in pain. And he has a full-on conversation <laughs> yep. with them and shit. Mm -hmm. Roxy kills him, fucking ends him, and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But again, like, and then again, no urgency to escape. They're calm as fuck. They're just walking around. And then that's where, like, Frank, uh, Frank is, like, complaining about headaches once again. And fucking Roxy tells him, you need to go on a vacation. Yeah. So they go on a vacation, and that's when you see that they are fucking going to different states. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the montage. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think they explained it too well that, like, maybe they're in the same city or fucking there. It's not until the vacation when they are seen in different parts. Okay. It just, it's maybe it's just me. Maybe I need to rewatch a little more, but just me. Okay. No, so, I'll agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So the when they go to vacation, I, I put that in quotes, brother. Vacation. They fucking, they still shoot people, bro. Like, mm -hmm. they still kill people. Yep. Like, they kill all these, like, fucking, uh, uh, they, they, they kill a, a guy who parks all fucked up. Yeah. He, like, double parks, yeah. right? He's like, are you really going to take two spaces? Yeah. And they, all right, fuck you. And they kill him. Boom. Yeah. Kill him. They kill, like, uh, the people that were, like, on the news for, like, some, some political reasoning, right? Dude, mm -hmm. something. And then they also. Oh, yeah. The, the, it was, like, a pastor guy, I think, like, that, like, God hates, you know, God hates Jews or something yeah, like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they fucking died. Uh -huh. They killed other people for like uh, Russian propaganda or some shit like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're on a vacation, but they're still fucking killing all these other motherfuckers, man. Yeah. Right? And then I will say this, dude. That's another flaw. So they fucking... When when uh, they're at the... To kill the people with the signs that say like God hates Jews or whatever. Uh -huh. He runs over someone. But like... Like he fucking like hits him with his car, uh -huh. but the windshield not one mark on it, <laughs> not fucking one, dude. Yeah. We've seen it everywhere, anywhere. No one's gonna get hit by a car, and the windshield's the windshield's gonna be in perfect condition. Yeah, that's, that's just true. not gonna happen. Okay, right. So a little either nitpick, flaw, call it whatever it is, dude. Mm -hmm. Again, not a perfect movie, right? But I will fucking say this, um, but. I, I'm bringing up all these flaws, dude, but I will say, dude, like, so far, I'm digging this movie, man. Okay. Like, I really I really enjoy it so okay. far. Um, So, it goes to another motel scene, which that should tell you, like, by this point, they're probably not at the same motel. They're going from different places so they're on vacation, right? Yeah. So, at this fucking motel scene, Stephen Clark comes up, all right? Mm -hmm. And they that's when they tell you he did a failed suicide. Okay. And so Frank has sympathy for him because he's like, man, dude, the reason he fucking tried to end his life is probably from all the bullshit that happened from the attention that American superstars gave him. Yeah. You know, like, poor guy, dude. He doesn't deserve this shit. Mm -hmm. Not only is he mentally disabled, but now he's, like, fucking shamed, like, all over America. You know? And then Uncue fucking grabs his head. He's got another fucking headache. Mm -hmm. Right? So then he goes to the bathroom and he gets a phone call from his doctor. Yep. Fucking doctor tells him, hey, I fucked. Oh, first he tells him, hey, I got some bad news. <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> to, to kind of fucking put things in perspective, how fucked up this fucking doctor was, right? Yeah. He's like, I got some bad news, man. He's like, oh, you don't have a tumor. And he's like, oh, wow, well, that's great. Like, what happened? <laughs> he's like, oh, it actually belonged to Frank Burdock, not yeah. Frank Burdock. And he's like, well, what's the bad news? Well, this Frank Burdock's going to fucking sue me. <laughs> like, fuck you, dog. You yeah, know, like, right, yeah. 
Like, that's the bad news? Yeah. But, like, um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention, too, is that, like, they're sitting at a... Um, at one point, they were, like, sitting, right, and they were discussing about what they should do, like, in the future, if they escape, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, Roxy brings up, oh, we should move to France. Yep. Right? Because they won't extradite them there. Uh-huh. Right? So, just nice little detail right there. So... He gets this fucking badass news. All right. No fucking, no tumor. It's like, well, why do I have all these headaches? Oh, you probably eat, you probably eat like shit and you drink beer and you do this, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all it was, dude. Yep. You yep. know, that part made me fucking laugh hard, dude. I thought that was very good. <laughs> but again, bro, the, the, the news is short lived because then watching the news, Frank sees that Roxy's parents had did, had done a like missing child yep. report for Roxy. Yep. And like the, she looked, you look at them and like these parents are actually like they're sobbing they're talking about roxy's like these people were not bad people well they, yeah and also like the background is like a, a nice suburban house too yeah but i mean hey looks aren't everything right exactly but frank is pissed at mm-hmm. this dude and then he tells her like what the fuck like you you fucking like you lied to me you know and oh but, dude I, I fucked up on this part too Okay. Is that at a diner? They're at a diner, right? Mm-hmm. And some fucking guy thinks that he's a like uh, like a either a pedophile or that fucking Roxy's a prostitute. Yeah, I think he's the pimp, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that. So that this is when they're having a discussion of going legit and going to France. Yeah. Right. So then uh, Frank tells him like, no, like she's my my niece, niece or something yeah. like yeah. that, right? He's like, oh yeah, well I have plenty of nieces too. Uh-huh. Like what a piece of shit. Yeah. You know. So when Frank gets the news that. Like, he's pissed, bro, that Roxy lied to him. So, to take his shit out on anyone, he takes, he finds the fucking guy and strangles him. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, I don't know if he kills him, though, dude. I think he kills I, him. You uh, think he yeah, does? Yeah. I think because uh, he strangles him, but I don't think, um, mm, I don't know. I didn't think he was dead, but they're killing everybody in the movie, right? So, I'm guessing. I'm pretty sure fucking... they, they want you to think that he kills him. Yeah. Because he, he strangles him and he hangs on after a minute and yeah, that guy's dead. Yeah, he's so let's let's just assume he's fucking dead. Okay. Right? Which probably he was. Yes. All right. So this fucking dude's dead. He takes his fucking truck and tells Roxy, like, hey, you fucking lied to me. Basically, like, fuck you. Like, here, take this fucking take the keys to this fucking yellow car and I'm fucking out of here. Uh-huh. So then Roxy fucking ends up like fucking going back to her parents. Mm-hmm. Right? While Frank goes and buys an AK 47. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this this AK forty seven scene is a little reminiscent to a few movies, right, brother? Yeah, I uh, noticed I kind of ripped off of Taxi Driver and also uh, uh, Jackie Brown. Yeah, uh, uh, Taxi Driver because there's a similar scene in that movie where uh, Travis Bickle goes to buy a gun from some random guy, and the guy's like, "Hey, here's." He pulls out a suitcase with a bunch of different guns, and he's showing him all of it, and then. Very reminiscent of that scene. And also uh, in God Bless America, the gun dealer guy's like, oh, you like the AK-47? That's the the gun when you absolutely need to kill every motherfucker in the room except no substitute. That's a direct quote from Jackie Brown Hmm. uh, when Samuel Jackson's character in the very beginning when he's talking to Robert De Niro and they're watching like a a gun advertisement on the TV. Uh, That's exactly what he says about the AK-47. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Damn, bro, I haven't seen Jackie Brown in like fucking like 20 years, man. That's a great movie. I got to go back and rewatch it, bro. Great movie. Anything Quentin Tarantino does is fucking amazing. I feel like that's one of his biggest underrated movies. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. 
But yeah, uh, yeah. So the AK, he gets the AK forty-seven. Yeah, and he gets his fucking his new idea. All right, I'm going to American Superstar Studio. I'm gonna uh-huh. kill every motherfucker in this like fucking in this place, right? Yep. So he heads in. He like sneaks in there, but while while he's in, he's like trying to get in. Uh, they make it seem, or they show you right that fucking Stephen Clark's in there, mm-hmm. fucking performing. Yep. Right. So Frank fucking breaks in. Um. I mean, it's cool that they showed that he he broke in, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, because because for my liking, a lot of things were a little too convenient. At least they fucking had the presence of mind to fucking say, "All right, I'm I'm breaking into this motherfucker." <laughs> yeah, you know, and especially if he's holding all these fucking guns with them and shit mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, he goes in, he starts fucking like just shooting everybody, dude. Yep, kills like a bunch of the audience members, mm-hmm. and like the the fucking cameras like keep rolling. Mm-hmm. But the part I liked about this is like. It's like fuck you guys, man. To to you, ju- the judges, right? Specifically, you fucking judges, man. It's because of you, motherfuckers, that you guys made Stephen Clark look like a fucking idiot. Like he's just he all he wants to do is fucking sing, and you fucking like trashed on him. Mm-hmm. You ridiculed him. Uh-huh. Fuck you guys. So now you're gonna fucking. I'm gonna put you on the spot. You're gonna fucking dance, and I'm gonna make all these fucking audience. At least the remaining fucking audience members <laughs> fucking boo you. See yep. how you fucking like it. Yep. You know, I thought that was fucking cool. Like yeah. he stood up for for Steven. Uh huh. Right. And then, so all these cops fucking show up as they fucking should, right? Yeah. And then all you hear is fucking uh, Frank nine o'clock, and here mm-hmm. comes Roxy. Yeah. Fucking exactly from that bonding time for the training with the teddy bears. Cool little fucking like. Yeah. To like a reminder there, yeah, right? Call like, back, oh, yeah. Yeah, like a nice callback. So there he goes, and fucking Frank shoots his motherfucker. Mm-hmm. It's cool. So then Roxy and Frank are like reunited, fucking apologizes, fucking lying to him. Uh-huh. Everything's all good. And then Frank notices that the fucking cameras are rolling, and he goes on this like fucking cool like monologue yeah. about how fucking trash American society is. Yep. And how all, I mean, I think people nowadays should watch this movie now. To see how fucked up, like, society Yeah, is, I feel like it's gotten more... It's uh, gotten way worse, dude, with yeah. all the TikTok and all that fucking bullshit. Yep. And then, which, by the way, I don't have a TikTok. I never will, but I just fucking sucks that it has my name in it, <laughs> you know? Like, fuck trash, dude. Yeah. So, like I mentioned, he embarrasses the judges. Everything's going great. He's fucking talking shit about American society. But then Steven fucking stops him and he says, like, Frank, because uh, Frank makes it to a point that the, you guys are the fucking reason Stephen committed suicide. Your guys' yeah. fucking fault. Mm-hmm. And then Stephen fucking like stops him and says, Frank, like, no, I didn't fucking try to commit suicide because of shame. I committed suicide because American superstars refused to put me back on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And f- <laughs> fuck, dude, like right there, dude. Like, you know that scene? You know that scene in Dumb and Dumber, dude, when, when uh, like Harry and Lloyd are just talking like about how they're all into Mary. They're both into Mary. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, Mary and I had the most incredible time. <laughs> we did this. We did that. She touched my leg. Okay. Kill him. <laughs> like, dude, that's the fucking scene I had in my mind. It's like, when he said that, it's like, I didn't commit suicide because it should, because they would have put me on TV. And I was just like, kill this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm just going to say it, dude. And you yeah, know, that's what happens. Yeah. And dude, and oh, but to back up a little bit, bro, this is where like Frank and Roxy, come together and then frank says like roxy you're very pretty mm. to back to the scene when they're on that thrift store right yep. he didn't want to he didn't want to tell her that she was pretty yeah and he goes you're very pretty 
And then they just join forces, dude, and they fucking shoot Steven, bro. They <laughs> fucking kill him. Yep. And they shoot everybody else around them. Yeah. And cops come in, they get fucking gunned down. End of the movie right there, yeah. bro. And I was like, holy shit, bro. Like, that was a cool fucking ending. Mm. Because, um, like, I the whole scene with the thrift store about, like, like you won't tell me that I'm pretty and shit. It's like, I knew it was going to come back later. Uh-huh. And then it, they waited till the very fucking end for that. I thought that was a fucking nice little touch. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And then I, overall, bro, I thought it was a fucking good movie, dude. Like, okay. I, yeah, it has its fucking flaws, just like every movie does. Okay. A little too convenient on some parts for me, dude. But overall, bro, I enjoyed it. Damn good recommendation. Um, so, Do you have some overall thoughts, bro, before we get into, like, some of the work from these characters? Or, like, what are you just some of your impressions before we give it a final ranking my overall thoughts of this movie i feel like i was i was disappointed really uh watching the trailer i thought i was gonna enjoy it more um i'll get more into this into my ranking but yeah um i found it a little bit hard for me to to keep engaged with this movie uh there were parts that i did enjoy but um yeah i don't know i'll have more to say when i give it the ranking gotcha brother that's pretty much it for right now. Cool, cool, cool. So we'll, we'll go... Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Easy for me to say. <laughs> We're going to some of the work okay. from, from some of the people, right? So I'll, I'll just go off and say that I had never seen um, Roxy's... The actress that plays Roxy. Yeah, I, I haven't uh, seen her either. Yeah, yet. her name is Tara Lynn Barr. Never mm-hmm. saw her in anything ever. Uh, this is my introduction to her. So I thought she did a fucking great job. She was perfect for, for this role. Okay. All right, so we're going to start with the director, Bobcat Goldway. And I mentioned earlier, the only time I ever saw him uh, was in the Police Academy movies. <laughs> I had no idea he was a director. Yeah. And looked in his Wikipedia to see if there's anything else he had directed that I'd seen. I had not seen shit. Okay. But I will say this, dude. I remember back in like the mid-90s, um, he was in a show called Unhappily Ever After. Okay. But only the voice actor, though. Because uh, this movie, all right. So let let's back up, bro. So you know, in um, in the scene where Frank gets fired, uh-huh. the man that uh, that tells him, all right, like it's not me, it's the higher ups. Yeah. Okay. So he is the main character in this fucking show, unhappily ever after. Oh, uh, okay. So he's a schizophrenic dad. He goes down to the basement, depressed as fuck, and then this like uh like a stuffed rabbit uh-huh. named Mister Floppy. He talks to him. He has these like uh, long conversations. Oh, you're right. I okay. Yeah, and the yes. voice of Mr. Floppy is Bobcat Goldwave, bro. Mm. Cuz he I like I said earlier, like he has that very distinct fucking like uh that, yes. that voice to yes, him, that voice. you know? Yeah. That's like really the only thing I remember him and then Well, I was going to say that the guy that, you know, that fires him or whatever, um mm-hmm. his boss. Yeah. I remember him from Dexter. He's the police chief. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I only seen like a couple episodes, yeah. man. Yeah, we already said, but yeah, that's where I know him from. But cool. yeah, you're right. I do remember Unhappily Ever After. Yeah, right. so mm-hmm. check out, if you want to go out of your way, check out a show called Unhappily Ever After. It has uh, Nikki Cox. Fuck, yes. back in the day, brother. Mm. I didn't want to say it, but that's why I remember that show. Yes, mm-hmm. with Nikki Cox. Mm. That's all I'll say about that, brother. <laughs> well, it's going to Joel Murray, bro. Okay. Right, so I had seen him in only one other place, and it's not even a movie. All right, it's a show. Everybody should probably heard about this show by now. It's called Shameless mm. on Netflix. He was in one season. Okay, he played Eddie Jackson. Okay, he is the father of uh, some girl, and I don't want to get too much into it. 
because I will ruin it if I do. Great fucking show. Please check out Shameless. He's in it for a little bit. And he was also a voice actor in Monsters University, bro. Yeah. Believe it or not. I fucking love that movie, dude. I went to the theater twice to check that movie out. Uh, Yeah. Me and Damien, dude, we went twice to check it out. Okay. Yeah, he played Don. Okay. Fucking, I love that movie, dude. Yeah. And, um... That's that's really it for the, like all the other characters, other work. Cause like uh, this new this movie was like real fresh to me. Hmm. Not familiar with any other characters, man. And it's time to give it that overall ranking, brother. So what do you say? Let's do it. Let's do it, man. And uh, one thing I have been forgetting to uh, to mention is our ranking system for all of you guys that are new to our podcast. Is that we rank beer from one through five stars. However, we rank the movie one through ten stars. So. If the movie is eight and above, it is an A. Hence the number eight on the name Dominator. So eight is an A, seven is a B, six is a C. You get the idea. All right. So now when we get there, I'm going to give... Let me go first. Yeah, brother? Yes. All right. So overall, I enjoyed this movie. I am a big fan of dark comedies. Like I mentioned before, I will laugh at whatever the fuck happens, even if I'm not supposed to. I'm going to hell. I'm well aware of that. Uh, but overall, bro, like I was very impressed by Bobcat Goldwaite's fucking direction. I thought the the film was shot reasonably well. I thought Joel Murray and and the the girl that played Roxy were fucking perfect in their roles. It was it was casted perfectly. No qualms about that. And then uh, I think the runtime of like an hour and thirty five minutes was pretty solid. Uh, not a fucking hard movie to follow. Overall, brother, I love this movie. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 stars. It's a solid B for me, man. Okay. I very much enjoyed it. So shout out to the good brother, Rolando, for shouting, for recommending a good movie, in my opinion. Cheers, okay. brother. Cheers. All right. Uh, for me, um, this movie was interesting. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say my rating first off, and then I'll explain why. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give this one a five out of 10. I know that seems kind of harsh. Say Uh, it, bro. Fuck it. This movie, uh, it it didn't capture my attention like I thought it would. It did have a lot to say, which I thought was interesting, but I feel like some of the scenes dragged on. Um, I felt like for the time period around like 2011, 2012, there was a a movie that kind of did a little bit better. Um, It was kind of like a cross between this movie and the movie kick ass yeah it was called super starring rain wilson and uh ellen page or elliot page at the uh, time oh, she was ellen page well, yes so. so at the time yes uh or he was Ill- it was oh, kind of oh, like a, a similar cares? setup of like you know a guy who wants to you know deal justice to bad people and then you had like a, a peppy younger girl you know being a psychic i felt like it was done better there uh it just didn't really this movie it didn't really suck me in and keep me interesting maybe it's just because it's the first time i've watched it but did uh, it bring it down bro that all the flaws that i brought up as well or it wasn't even like the flaws and even i can't even it was like middle of the road as far as like filming Mm -hmm. goes because it kind of reminded me of like a made for tv movie but not quite it was a little bit better than a made for tv movie but it just didn't have uh, the things that really capture me uh, for mm-hmm. a movie. I uh, could appreciate some of the humor they went for. I feel like it was a little heavy handed at some points, mm-hmm. um, even though it still translates well to today. But yeah, overall, I don't know if I'd watch this one again. I, I Maybe I should. 
but still for me i would give it a solid five out of ten gotcha bro gotcha gotcha i i to to kind of compare i would have no problems rewatching this mm-hmm. yeah i very much enjoyed it uh joel murray i think is like someone i i think i need to check out a little more uh from his other work well he's the lesser known of the murray brothers right way lesser yeah huh? way he's, lesser i like you said there's not a whole lot that we could bring up from him but yeah yeah Sometimes like uh, actors are just perfectly casted for a certain movie. Uh-huh. I think he was fucking perfect. In yeah, this. yeah, in his role, yeah, yeah. It, definitely better than Bill Murray would have been. Bill Murray was, uh, yeah, I feel <laughs> like he's too. He would be too much of a presence. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But those are our rankings right there, man. And I think it's time to wrap it up, brother. And that concludes another episode of Beer in the Movie with the We Side Boys. So we want to go out of our way and thank you guys for taking time out of your busy day to check out our podcast. We got shitloads of more content ready to go. So please join us next week. We got another fucking badass one for you. It is a is actually one that we were actually supposed to do first. Right, brother? Oh, yeah. We were yeah. supposed to do it first mm-hmm. when this podcast was about to start, but it didn't yep. work out that way. Yep. Maybe a little too complex for when we started. <laughs> yeah. But please check it out. Be on the lookout for that one. So remember to be kind to one another, everybody. Looking at you, Ellen. <laughs> All right, much love to all of you. Cheers. Much love. Mwah. Peace. See you later. Thank you again for sticking with us to the very end. Please join us next week as we review one of Jim Carrey's most underrated films. And that movie is... Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. A film directed by Michel Gondry. Please go out of your way to watch the movie and then join us for the discussion portion of the show. Love to all and bottoms up. <laughs>